This is Bridges of Hope with your host, John Matuthler, a renowned motivational speaker and cultural intelligence coach, facilitator, and bridge builder. This is Bridges of Hope, building bridges that connect destinies. Good morning, good morning, friends and family, wherever you're listening, the sound of my voice. Um, welcome to Bridges of Hope podcast where we are building bridges that connects destiny. I'm your host, John Matuche, and I'm so looking forward and excited in my heart to share this message of hope um, with you and also for our nation. And I hope that you're looking forward to a hopeful weekend um, this morning. Um, This morning on this episode, I want to share with us, um, I think, a message that I really believe that um, is what God is doing in our time, is what God is doing in our nation. And, um, and that message is about revival. Revival, not revolution. Revival, not revolution. And I believe it's very important as the body of Christ and the church to, to grasp that message of revival not revolution. The world is talking about it's time for revolution, but the church, the language of the church is revival. It's time for revival in our nation. It's time for revival in our nation, not revolution. Many prophecies went out to announce the great revival that will start in South Africa and to and burn throughout Africa, the continent of Africa. And that time is now for the fulfillment of that prophecy. We all know that there has been so many prophecies given to this beautiful nation of us that God will use South Africa as a launching pad for the for yet the greatest revival we have ever seen in the continent of Africa. And it's going to start here in South Africa. And today is time for that revival to, to, to move in, 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 in our nation. We are seeing unprecedented move of God in this nation. Flames of revival popping everywhere in different parts of our nation. Surely the time has come for South Africa's revival to break open. Communities standing up in one voice, everyone ready to build the ruins. And we see also the coming together of the bones, as the, as the Bible says in the book of Ezekiel, that bone to bone, the bones are coming together. The bones, which is the church, the ecclesia of Jesus Christ, rising up in this time rising up to be a formidable force to lead a reformation. I want you to to catch that. God is awakening the church. The remnant is rising up in this time, all over in the nation of South Africa, not for revolution, but to be a formidable force to lead a reformation. And we're going to talk more about that. You know, uh, how do we have a reformation? What is the difference between 
um, revival and revolution and revolution. And what 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 can the revival birth into our nation? And I believe that is a reformation. This is exciting times we're living in, people. And we need to understand and know how to respond to them. We cannot afford to um, afford to miss this season. We are living in the most exciting time in this nation. Not because things are actually getting well. In fact, things are getting worse every day. Every day when we read on the news, you always read about the brokenness and the corruption and all the things that are falling apart. But it is an exciting time for us as the church because this is the conducive environment. These times are perfect for the church <clears throat> to be revealed, for the church to rise up. You know, it's exactly like um, when do we see the stars shining? We only see the stars shining and the moon shining when darkness comes. And that's why it's so important for us as the church, as the living church and the ecclesia of Jesus Christ to understand the times that we're living in. As the Bible talks about the sons of Issachar who understood the times that they lived in and who knew what Israel should do in those times. And I believe as the church, we should not be confused. We should not be confused, but we must understand that we are living in an opportune time for the church, for the church to rise up and for the church to become the light and the salt and to lead a reformation in this nation, not a revolution. And while we anticipate our greatest revival in South Africa, there's also a great expectation and a call for revolution from the radical corridors of our society. On the other hand, the church anticipate the greatest revival that I believe has already started. And I know a lot of people, we're waiting for something big to, to break open, but it has already started. With all of these fires of revival popping everywhere in, in, in parts of our nation, that is the sign that revival has started. But as much as we are also anticipating and expecting that, there is also a great expectation from the world, especially in a political arena of our nation. There's a great expectation for what we call revolution. More and more, we begin to hear this word, revolution, revolution. It's time for revolution. And this is the time that the church, we must understand what we are expecting. Because remember, the Bible says the devil, he acts like an angel of the light. You know, he always counter the move of God. We've been praying for the revival to come over South Africa, revival to come over Africa, and the devil knows it. And the devil now brings a counterfeit of that revival, which is revolution. 
our nation finds itself between these two forces, revival or revolution. And we need to decide as the church which one is going to be. The church cannot be on both sides. We cannot be praying for revival to break through, and yet we support the revolution that the enemy is also pushing on the other hand. The church must know where we belong. Believers, and when I talk about the church, I don't talk about the institutional church, but I talk about a body of believers, the remnant church, the ecclesia of Christ in South Africa. We cannot be confused. And I believe that we need to pick our side and we need to, to stay on our side and we need to do it as fast as possible as the church, the body of believers. We cannot speak in two tongues. We cannot speak revival and then we speak revolution. Otherwise, we will appear confused and we will become a lukewarm church. We need to understand the times that we live in. Come on, church. We need to wake up. This is the greatest times and seasons that we live in. This is the time for revival. So let's have a look at the original and the purpose of these two belief systems, you know, a revival and, and revolution. How did they come about? And let's start with a revival, I mean, revolution. Where does the revolution actually start from? A revolution is actually a result of a rebellion spirit, a rebellion spirit. And we, look, we all know, and all historians will tell you that the first modern rebellion started in England in the, in the, in the 16th, in the 1600s, followed by the Americans and also the French, and the list goes on and on. But me and you, we know that the rebellion actually started in heaven. It didn't start in the 1600, and we're talking about here the modern rebellion. But the first rebellion actually started in heaven. When Lucifer was a guardian angel who lusted after God and he wanted to become, he wanted to become like God. He wanted to set himself above, above God, according to the book of Ezekiel 28, verse uh, 14 and Isaiah 14 verse 12. And that's when the seed of rebellion was born. The seed that, 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 that brought forth the first revolution when the devil mobilized the third majority of heavenly angelic beings to revolt against the government of God and to attempt to forcefully violate, um, violently overthrow the entire trinity. Where, where, where did the first rebellion start? It started with Lucifer in heaven. And that rebellion gave birth to revolution that failed. If you read those scriptures that I've just quoted, you realize that the devil attempted to overthrow the government of God in heaven 
through mobilizing, you know, two-thirds of the majority, two-thirds majority of the angelic beings in heaven. He wanted to set himself above God. He wanted to become like God. And we read that the Bible says, and then God through Michael, the warrior and the general of the host of, of, of heaven, through him together with all those angels that he has deceived. So that's when the seed of rebellion started. And that seed of rebellion has been going through from heaven to earth and through the generations. So when we talk about revolutions, we must look at the root of that revolution. The word revolution comes from the word revolt. You know, it is, it is, it is, it is to forcefully and violently change something with an immediate effect is a sudden change that happens violently and forcefully and that is what we that is what we're seeing happening in the world all over in the world we begin to see all these re rebellion spirits starting to rise in government in in countries but not only in government, in countries, but we begin to see this spirit of rebellion started to emerge even from the families where children are rebelling against their parents. There is a spirit of rebellion that brings or that gives birth to revolution. So, however that revolution failed, that the devil started in heaven. And Michael, the angel that is responsible for the army of the Lord, the host, the army of the host of the Lord, chased them and threw them out. And that revolution failed. And from this account, we learn that revolutions are the offsprings of rebellious spirit. That's why most of them are ungodly in nature. Because they are involved in force and violence. And they end up destroying everything in their paths. And if you look at most of the brokenness that we have in the world, they are as a result of revolutions. Revolutions that were not, that were not stopped. Revolutions, even today, there are so many generations that still have the scars of those revolutions. But the Church of Christ, however, is not called to, to be revolutionary in its nature and dealing with its mission to the world. But we are called to become the reformers. Come on now. We are called to become the reformers, not the revolters. We are not for the revolutions, but we are reformers. We are people who bring change through infiltration, 
which is the discipling of the nation and the servant heart serving the nations. That's how the church brings change. And that's how the church did it even in the past. That's why the church did it, the first church did it in the book of Acts. They were not revolutionaries, but they were revivalists who reformed even the orders of the world. Oh, my goodness. Let's go back a bit. In order to have a revolution, you need to have a rebellious spirit in your heart because a rebellious spirit always leads to revolution. But for you, in order for us to have a reformation, you need to have a revived heart. A reformation is discipling of nations, is a discipling of communities, is the discipling of individuals. <clears throat> Revolution is coming in and coming with the heart to serve, not a heart to overthrow, to dictate, and to oppress. Revolutions, they don't serve. They dictate, they oppress, and they overthrow. <clears throat> But reformers, they serve, they disciple, and they serve. And that's why when you read in the book of Matthew, it talks about us, the church, the ecclesia, being the light and the salt. And you just have to look at how the salt brings change. How the salt brings change. Number one, the salt prevents chaos. I mean, it prevents corruption. Where there is salt, the corruption will not take place. Number two, salt brings taste. It improves the taste. But how does the salt improve the taste? It has to become the part of the recipe. The salt will never bring change in the food that it's not part of it. If you want your food to have taste, you have to sprinkle salt in that food. You have to put the, some of the salt in the food. It must be calm. It must penetrate the food in order to change it. To change it from where? Not from outside, but to change it from within. And the same thing goes with the light. When the light comes, it penetrates darkness. You know, when the light comes, it penetrates darkness and it overpowers the darkness. It changes it from within. It becomes a strong force that illuminates that darkness and to make it something different. And that's why every day, in fact, even today, you know, there is still darkness. The only, the only reason why we don't see that darkness is because the sun has come out. So the light has actually shone over that darkness. And that's why we call it a day. 
But when the sun goes away, when the light goes away, we remain in the darkness. And that is the power of reformation. And that is the power of the church. And that is what the church has been called to do. To, to reform, not to revolt. Revolutions thrives on fear and chaos. Woo! Revolutions thrives on fear and chaos. Reformation thrives on love. Listen to this. Reformation thrives on love and peace. Peace and order. And that's why you will hear a lot of these revolutionaries, especially in our country. One of the radical revolutionaries actually said on the national um, television the other day, he said he's actually waiting for chaos to happen because that will create a perfect environment for revolution to actually take place. So without chaos, we don't have revolution. That's why for them to have revolution to take an effect, they need to create chaos. They need to create fear. And although some revolutions were necessary, if you look back in the history, but that has never been the original idea of God to bring change, especially concerning his people and concerning the world. And we have seen most revolution living a brokenness that lasted for many generations, even to date. But let's talk about reformation. On the other hand, we learn of God as the greatest reformer who created order in the midst of chaos. When you read in the book of Genesis, it says, in the beginning, there was darkness. The world was formless. There was chaos. There was no order. And darkness was upon the deep. But the Bible says then God, as, a, as, as the first reformer in the history, in the history of creation, God spoke into that chaos. God spoke into that disorder. And out of that chaos, God reformed. God created. God brought order. God brought light where there was darkness. And God, in this story, becomes our first reformer. Jesus became our greatest revivalist in his time and a reformer of all time. Throughout his time in the ministry, his main focus was preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom, which focuses on, on, on first of all, on the change of the heart, which is revival. That's why we need revival in South Africa, because we will not be able to reform we will not be able to see reformation taking place in South Africa if we don't have revived hearts. Because revived hearts reforms the nation. 
transformation of mind, which is reformation. So Jesus was teaching the gospel of the kingdom, which focuses on the change of the heart, which is which talks about the revival and the transformation of mind, which talks about reformation. A revived heart and a transformed mind will bring reformation. From the teachings and the preachings of Jesus, we learn from the first time of revival that brings a reformation of mindset, culture, systems, and social order. So when we read the Gospels, the kingdom, um, the, the, uh, the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus was preaching, it was based on only two things, revival and reformation. Only those who are revived in their hearts and transformed in their minds will lead a reformation, will disciple communities, and will disciple nations. South Africa needs revival, not rebellion. We need reformation, not revolution. And when the church is ready, listen to this, when the church is ready for revival, the nation will be ready for reformation. South Africa needs revival, people. And who's going to lead that revival is the church. Where, where, where must that, where will that revival start? That revival must start in the church. It must start in the hearts of the children of God. We need to allow God to revive what the enemy has actually killed. We must allow God to revive hope in our hearts as the children of God. We must allow God to revive hope for our communities, hope for our nation. And we must take that hope and we must take that revival into our communities. We must take that hope into our nation. South Africa needs revival, not rebellion. The church must stop supporting rebellion movement in this nation. We will be working, working against ourselves and working against God. We need a reformation, not revolution. When our hearts are revived, when the church is revived, when communities are revived and the lives of people are changed, revived hearts will begin to bring reformation. Reformation meaning the changing of our environment around us. We will begin to affect the environment around us because a changed heart can bring a reformation. We don't, we don't need revolution, but we need revival. And when the church is ready for revival, the nation will be ready for reformation. Kenako is time. It's time to rebuild the walls. It's time to rebuild the walls of our communities and the walls of our nation. And may the Lord bless you as you ponder upon this message. May it bring clarity into your heart and in your mind. 
in Jesus' name. Until we meet again, thank you for your time and may the Lord bless you. Amen.